Hey, we're on a series of lessons um, uh, just really entitled How We're Going to Make Church Great. And if you've been with us uh, in the room or been with us online, uh, you'll be able to... Uh, do we have anything going on over here, guys? I've got some guys talking back there. Um, they're trying to figure that out. Uh, but uh, if you've been with us in person or online, um, really we've used a scripture, a portion of scripture that Jesus uh, told us about. Really, it was him speaking when somebody came to him and asked him, what, what, what's, the, what's the greatest command? What's, what's, the, what's the number one thing I should be thinking about, you know, like what you would say uh, following God would be? And Jesus doesn't hesitate, and he takes him back to the Old Testament and he says this, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And then he goes on to say, and the second commandment is just like the first commandment, similar to it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And he said all the law and the prophets hinge and wrap themselves around these two commandments. And so by way of reminder, just the title of our, our, of our series on how, we can, you know, how we're going to have a great church or how we can make our church great really doesn't mean that our church isn't great because, listen, uh, we, we got a great church. And by, come on, we got a great church. I mean, just, wow. You know, great doesn't mean that it's, it's, it's you know, got mega church doesn't mean it's got thousands. A great church doesn't mean that you're the largest, got the biggest footprint in the city. That doesn't necessarily mean a great church because I don't know about you, but I've been to great restaurants. We went to a great restaurant about 10 years ago, Kimber and I did in New York City. That was a hole in the wall, and it's the best Italian food I've ever had in my life. It was a hole in the wall. And so just because it's small and just because it has a smaller footprint doesn't mean it can't be great. And so uh, we're, we're not after being, the, you know, not trying to compete with any other church. That's not our model or mindset. But how we're going to have a great church is really wrapped up, I believe, in what Jesus told us right here. Now, I'm not against big. I think we need to keep getting bigger. I think we need to keep getting, I think we need to keep getting, you know, growing and growing because there's more and more people in Chula Vista who need Jesus. Can somebody say Amen. So, so it's not either or, it's both and. We're not looking at one saying this, this is what makes a great church. you got to have X amount of people. No, 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 no. What makes a great church is having great people. And come on, look at your neighbor and say, you're looking great over there. Come on, just tell them, you're looking great over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's what we're just saying during this lesson. If we'll commit to these two things, if we'll commit to loving the Lord our God with everything in us, and we'll commit to loving our neighbor as ourself, we're, we're going to have a great church. And we will continue to be a great church. Now, now summarize, when I, when I think about this, about loving the Lord our God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbor as ourselves. really, I, I, I want to come up, we, we've been two weeks on this, and I want to I, I come from a different side of the mountain today, but climb up to the same peak. And I want to just, just drill down on this one word connected with loving God and loving others. And, and the one word I want you to add to this equation in your thinking this week is how I love God and how I love others is really centered around in one word called, this is how I worship. This is how I worship. Um, what, what we just experienced up here, if you've been raised in a church, like, like maybe you were raised in a church where there was a choir and there was a, an organ. Come on, you had a sister on the organ. And, and uh, 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 you would say that, that, was, uh, that they sang hymns and all, and that's all cool. You know, the, the, the type of church that I grew up in is, is very much, uh, my, my formative years is much like our church. We had a, a praise and worship band. We actually called them that, the praise and worship team. And, and so in a lot of people's minds, and even in my mind as a young adult, I, I, would, I would equate worship only with what happened on a Sunday morning. That, that's when we worship. This, this is praise 
and this is worship, and it's done Sunday morning, either 9 or 11 or, or 10 o'clock like our church. And, and that is true, but that's not the only truth. And so what I, what I want to drill down this morning is how we're going to love the Lord our God with our heart, soul, mind, and Mark says, and our strength, and how we're going to love our neighbor as ourselves. It is worship, but worship has got to be more than what I do for 25 or 35 minutes on a Sunday morning. Worship is what I do every day. Loving God is what I do, not on Sunday morning. Loving God is what I do every day. Loving my neighbor as myself isn't the person that's next to me down the row in the green chair on a Sunday morning at Spectrum Church at 4378 Lindell Lane. Loving my neighbor as myself is something I do all the time with everybody I come in contact with. Come on, everybody. Say amen to that, right? Now, uh, uh, um, when, again, how we worship God in here and what we do in here directly, I think, should affect what we do outside. But, but what we have to take what's in here and we have to bring it to, to the outside. That, that's where life change is going to happen with people around us. And that's where we're going to see God working in us and through us to a lost and dying world. Uh, one translation in, in a scripture, uh, a guy named Eugene Peterson, he wrote the, uh, the Bible, Transliteration. Again, we'll read a scripture in just a moment from Romans 12 from him. It's not word for word, so it's kind of like you can read the, book, the, the Bible almost in, a, in just like, like reading a biography, if you will. It's just a little bit different twist. But, but he said that, you know, you, you, as, as you go through your life, one of, the, one of the scriptures he talked about is that you just, you, you bring God into the center of everything you're doing. And for so long, the dig on Christianity was and is, what they do in here never translates out there. Never translates. And, and that is not what God is saying about loving him with a heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that is not what God is saying, what Jesus is saying about loving our neighbor as ourselves. Because if we'll love God and we'll love our neighbor as ourselves, this is all comprised in the word, this is how I worship God. It's how I worship God. I want you to think about that all week. Romans chapter 12. Let's jump in here. Romans 12, verse 1. Message translation. Here's this transliteration. I want you to get this this morning. We'll read in verse 1, then we'll read in a different translation in verse 1 and verse 2. So here's what he says. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. Moms, dads, high school students, college students, take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, and you're walking around life, hanging out at the mall, shopping at Target, going and picking up tacos, and place it before God as an offering. Everything you do, take it and place it before God as an offering. Take your everyday life, your ordinary life, your get up in the morning, you're a little bit sleepy, you're running the kids to the soccer practice, you're taking kids to swimming, you, you got a late meeting with staff, you're on a Zoom call, take it all and bring it to me and worship as an offering to God. Your everyday life, not your Sunday life, your Thursday night life, your Friday night life. Take all your friends, all your activity, all your coming, all your going. Bring it before me as an offering is what the scripture's saying and telling us here. This is our sacrificial act of worship before God. 
I'm, I'm not just going to worship God in here and sing hallelujah. I'm just not going to sit there and listen to a couple, you know, a couple worship songs and then forget about what I'm doing all week. No, all, when I leave here Sunday night, what I do, where I go, where I think, how I re react, how I interact, what I do with all these different areas of my life, I've got to bring it as a worship to God. This is how I love God. So, we've said it already, so everything we do, everything we do is to be done as worship to God. So, so just stop and think about the implications of that, what that would look like for you and for me. Every single thing that we do as worship to God. By way of reminder, let me give you a couple thoughts I'm thinking about. How I treat my spouse is to be worship to God. Am I kind? Am I caring? Am I considerate? Am I listening? Am I putting their needs over mine? This is how I love God. This is how I worship God. How I treat my kids. Am I nurturing? Am I instructing? Am I not breaking their spirit? Am I challenging them and motivating them, yet working with the grace of God on their life? Am I not comparing them, uh, the, 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 the smart brainiac child that I have that makes straight A's and can sleep and never study, and yet the other child beats their head against the wall and studies 30 hours and can barely get a C plus? Am I treating them both the same? How, what, what, what am I doing with my own kids? This is how I worship God, by how I raise my family. What do I do? How do I treat my friends? Am I adding value to them, or do I have friends in my life because they're always helping me? They're always, they're always blessing me. They're always giving to me. They're always, they're always encouraging me. But can I be that way with them? Or, or am I the taker friend? If I am, maybe I'm not a good friend, and maybe that's not loving God and loving them and using my entire life, my sleeping, my eating, my waking, my, my every ordinary part of my life as a worship, worship to God. What am I doing with my coworkers? How am I acting and reacting around them? Am I honest? Am I a person of integrity? Am I, am I a gossiper at work? Am I a team player? What, what am I doing with the company I work for, the boss I work for? If I'm going to love God, I've got to work for the boss, Scripture says, like the boss is Jesus. Do I carry my load? Do I take my responsibility serious? Do I show up on time? Do, do, do I work for the company like it was my company? So, so, so th this whole thing with loving God isn't just, listen to me, isn't just a spiritual thing. It's a every aspect of our life thing. It's got to siphon through every aspect of our life. I, I think that all of us would probably be agree, uh, agree with the statement that uh, you probably know somebody who says they're a Christian or, or you found out that they say or you found out that they went to church and you didn't know by their lifestyle they actually went to church. And I'm not saying anybody in here is perfect. Come on, thank God for great grace. And that's not the point. But the point is, I think that the world is looking for more 
true people, true believers who want God influencing every aspect of their lives and showing them, showing the world that, that we're real. Yeah, we got a little drama in our pajamas back at the house with the family and all, and, and everything's not rosy and everything's not great. And we're not, come on, we're not, the, we didn't, we're not the sharpest knife in the drawer. We got some issues we got to deal with, but we're going to be real with you. And we're believing that God's working in us and God's working through us. And come on, we're still going to show up at church on Sunday. We're still going to, we're going to do what we need to do with work. Come on. I believe that's what the world is looking for. This is how we love God. And this is how we love others. And this is how we worship God. All of our decisions, all of our decisions, all of our choices, all of our interactions, all of our communications, all of this are to be acts of worship to God. What I decide, what I value, where I go, how I speak, how I interact, how I decide things are to be brought before God as worship before God. Um, uh, we, we bought, I bought Kimberly a car. Her car was 10 years old, and so we bought a car this past no, two weeks ago. And uh, uh, the guy that we dealt with was up here, Kearney Mesa, great guy. He's a, you know, found out that he's a believer. And so we sat around, you know, really the whole car deal, you know, situation. I do not like buying a car. I'll just tell you honestly. I don't like buying cars, not because I don't like, I, I just don't like getting back in the last room where they're trying to make you buy all kinds of stuff. And I just say, I told you no. I told you no, because I've already told them I'm a pastor. And they know what I do for a living. And so now i got to kind of get a little snarky back there. You know what I'm saying? you got to maintain your salvation. And so I was talking with the brother who was selling the car, you know, and he's a Christian. He's a Christian. And so I said, brother, here's the deal. Let me tell you. I said, come on. If you know me, this is what I, I said, brother, here's the deal. I'm going to try to get the best deal for me, and you got to know it. And I said, but you know what? I want the best deal for you, too, because I know you got a family to feed. And so if we'll approach life in every area saying, I just don't want what's best for me. I'm going to lay down my life and use my everyday life as worship to God. Come on. How many know that God's going to take care of you? Come on, everybody. Yeah, I know he is. I know he is. So let's look at the same scripture. Two, let's look at this Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And let's read verse 2 in a different translation. Check it out because I want to give it to you. Look what he says in the New Living Translation. And so, dear brothers, sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. How many know this is worship? This is how I'm going to love God. Here's how I'm going to love God. I'm going to give God my bodies because of everything he's done for you. Let them, let your body be living and a holy sacrifice. Let your body be living in a holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So if you're going to worship him, the scripture says, I'm going to love God with my, with my heart, my soul, my mind. I'm going to, have to do something with my body too. Check it out what it says in verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good pleasing, come on everybody, imperfect. Now in the Old Testament, what we find out in the Old Testament is that the Old Testament, when they brought the sacrifices to God, all the sacrifices were killed. Now, now Paul tells this church here at Rome, and he's telling us, he says, God wants you to kill your body, but your body's got to be living. <laughs> and so in other words, he actually tells the, 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 the Colossian church, he says that, that, that your body now is to be dead but alive. 
That doesn't make sense. But what God is telling us is this is how we're going to worship him. We're not going to let our bodies override who God told us to be. We're, not, we're going to submit our bodies to God. We're not going to let our bodies run away in sexual perversion. We're not going to let our bodies run away in crazy things that our bodies or our emotions or our longings of our flesh want to get involved in. We're going to let our bodies be surrendered and submitted to God. And then he says you got to do something with your mind. You got to do something with your soul. Your soul's got to be transformed by the, you know, tells us how. You, 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 you're you're going to experience change in your life by the renewing of your mind. And, and just think with me, your car, I don't know about you, but but my car gets dirty all the time. I wonder how, how does it get dirty? How does it get so dirty? I just cleaned it last week. It always gets dirty. Your mind and the thoughts and the things of the world are going to try to come and bring filth in your life, divert you, get you off track. You've got to constantly clean and cleanse your mind. How? By the washing of water by the word. You've got to come back to the word. Come on, you've got to come back. And you, I, I've got some friends, and I just tell them sometimes, some pastor friends, I'll just say, hey, tell me what the word says about this. I know what the word says, but tell me what the word says about this. And they'll give me about three or four scriptures that I thought so. I, I, I thought so. That's what the word says. I just want to be reminded. I want to be reminded about what the word says about certain situations. When you're going through a challenging time, you got to have some friends in your corner who are going to just, just I, I believe in it, but not just put the arm around you and say, you're going to make it, you're going to make it. You're going to make it, it's cool, but I need somebody to give me a word. Come on, somebody. Give me a God word. Come on, give me a God word. Yeah. So, I say this. Loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind comes from a place of understanding who God is and understanding what God delivered you from. Don't, don't miss this. So if I'm going to love God with all my heart, soul, my mind, even my strength, it's, it's got to come from a place of me understanding and understanding more and more of who God is of who he is, number one. And I, I think that maybe a lot of people are, are derelict or not quite understanding who God really is, that he is Savior, he is healer, he is provider, he's our righteousness, he's our sin remover. Come on, everybody. He's our sanctifier. He's our baptizer in the Holy Ghost. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. Come on, everybody. He's good. He's gracious. He's kind. He's benevolent. He's generous. He's merciful. He's compassionate. That is who he is. Come on, everybody. So I, 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 I got to remind myself. I, I, I've got a loving God. I, I've got to constantly remind my flesh this is who God is, regardless of what I'm currently seeing, regardless of what I'm currently experiencing, regardless of what my past has been, regardless of what lie the enemy is telling me about my future. This is who God is. And then I got to understand more and more what God actually delivered me from. Personally, I want to remind myself of the Gary I used to be sometime. I want to remind myself, Lord, look what you did. I, I, that's who I used to. Come on, anybody. The problem with the church, when the church gets all uppity, is because most people forget who they were before Jesus saved their life. Come on, everybody. 
me and my brothers used to sit back on the folding metal chair in the gymnasium in the elementary school when the church was getting started. Back in the back row, me and my three brothers. Listen, we were smoked up, drugged up, messed up, popped up, snorted up, had to come to church because that's the rule at the house. We were in church. We were a wreck. We were back there in the back sitting on folded chairs with a lean laughing at all the people worshiping and praising the Lord. Little did I know about five or six years later, the Lord would say, I'm going to laugh at you because I'm going to call you to serve me full time. Come on. I'm just telling you. So I don't know how you got in here. All, if you all messed up, you, who cares? You in the house of God. Come on. Somebody say amen. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, and he's still working on all of us, isn't he? Come on, everybody. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. So Paul says, and he tells him, he says, I plead with you. So Romans 12, 1 says, Paul tells him, I plead with you by the mercies of God. You do this. You want to love God? Present your body. Present your body. A living sacrifice. It's living, but it's dead. Present yourself. Present your body. My body's not my own. I'm going to honor God, my body. I'm going to honor God, my spirit. I'm going to renew my mind. And, and, and then I'm going to love God. I'm going to challenge every thought. I'm, I'm going to siphon every thought, every emotion, every feeling, every idea with God's word. That's how I'm going I'm to love you in my mind. I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to let my mind be a, be, a, be a junk pile. I'm not going to let my mind be running away where, where I go, Dear God, did you hear the reports? San Diego, it's the most expensive place to live in the United States. Did you see NBC, CBS, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC? They're all talking about they got the most expensive gas in America. Who cares? Where did God call you? San Diego. Then if he called you here, he will provide for you here. Yeah, he will. Now, if you want to buy yourself an electric vehicle. I think my next car will be an electric vehicle. I like those. But in the middle of it all, we're going to serve God. So I'm going to renew my mind, not, not let my mind run, run, run away. Not run, not run away. So, so based on this, from what Jesus told us about loving the Lord our God, our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbor as ourselves, this is how I'm going to worship God. I'm going to love you. I'm going to, I'm going to treat other people the way I need to treat them. This is how I'm going to worship you. I'll say this. The only way we could worship better the, the, the only way we can worship better is to know and understand the word better. So, 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 so there's no way around it. The only way I can worship better, meaning, worship better meaning, not, not meaning by activity, but, but loving better. I love better, I'm going to worship better, right? Is I got to know and I got to understand the word better. How much God loves me, what he's delivered me from. Because listen to me, here's what I have come to realize, and I hope you're realizing it too, is that God's thoughts will never affect you unless you know God's thoughts. I, I, I know that's super simplistic and that's super elementary, but, but don't forget this. Even though God thinks a certain way about you, and even though God believes a certain way about you, if you don't think and believe that about you, it's irrelevant. So you and I constantly, every day, not only reading the word, but all throughout our 
as what Romans 12, 1 says, our everyday life, our coming, our going, our child training, our going to work, our ordinary life, we bring it all as a worship to God. We bring our bodies, we bring our minds, and we say, Lord God, I need you in every area of my life. Would you give me your thoughts today? Would you let me think in line with you today? And of course, he wants to. He's going to challenge you in every area of your life in a good way because he loves you. He's got a great, great plan for your life. Now, I was thinking this past week, I came across something I wrote down several years ago, three or four years ago, I think my note said, uh, just concerning four points I want to give to you uh, before we move on to this last, last part about everything in God's kingdom. Here's how the kingdom of God operates. It operates in several different ways, we could say, but I want to break it down into these four simple thoughts about how everything in God's kingdom works. Listen to me. Number one, everything in the kingdom of God works according to his word. It's going to work according to his word. If God said it in his word, no matter what anybody said, what any politician said, makes no difference what you feel about it or not, it matters not. If God said it in his word, it's infallible, it's eternal, it is the truth, it will come to pass. Come on, the Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So everything in the kingdom of God is going to work according to the word. So if I were you, and I'm telling myself too, I would buckle down, I would seat belt up, and I would make sure before you do anything the rest of your life that you put reading the word, thinking about the word, meditating the word at the top of your agenda. If God's going to work in my life and God's going to work in my family and in my situation, he's going to do it according to whatever he said in the word. If I'm believing something that the word says is contrary, I'm not going to have what I believe. I'm going to have what his word says. Second thing, everything in the kingdom of God works directed by the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit is the very breath of God, the very wind of God, the very life of God. The Holy Spirit, his job is to reveal the truth of God to you and to me. The scripture tells us, Jesus speaks in John 14, 15, 16. He calls the Holy Spirit the comforter and the counselor and the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener and the standby. Jesus called the Holy Spirit the teacher, everything in the kingdom of God is going to work directed by the Holy Spirit. So I was raised in an environment where a ton of people when I was young, I heard it all the time. God said, God said, the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit said, this person said this. And in Bible school, it got a little freaky. And God said, I'm going to marry that person. And God said, they're going to give me a brand new Cadillac. And God said, and God said, and God said, only thing wrong with it is God never said it. They might have been hoping it. They might have been wishing for it. They might have been wanting it, but it was not according to his word, and it was definitely not directed by the Holy Spirit. It was directed by flesh that wasn't loving God and loving other people. Can I get an amen in the house of the Lord? Holy Spirit's going to lead. He's going to guide. He's going to direct according to the word of God. Everything in God's kingdom, number three, is going to be activated, activated by grace through faith. In other words... 
It's going to be activated by God initiating it, not you initiating it. All you're doing is cooperating with what God said he was already going to do. Grace, the word grace, actually means undeserved favor. You don't earn it. You don't work for it. You can't merit it. You can't be good enough. You can't read the Bible enough. You can't give enough money. You can't hold enough old ladies' hands, pardon me, elderly ladies, across the street and walk and make sure they don't get run over by the truck. You, all that is irrelevant. The only way God is going to work in your life is activated by the grace of God, but now your faith is going to hook up with the grace of God, not your faith overriding the grace of God, but your faith recognizing that I am who I am by the grace of God. Come on, everybody. And his grace in me was not in vain. But Paul says, I labored more to money than all, yet not I. The grace of God's going to work in me. The grace of God's going to work in me. I'm going to work in you. But it's going to be activated, everything in the kingdom, activated by what God in his goodness and his generosity has already provided for you and I in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to love God with my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I'm going to, I'm going to love my neighbor as myself, but God's going to work in my life according to his word. God's going to work in my life directed by the Holy Spirit. God's going to work in my life activated the grace of God through the, my faith hooking up with that. And, and then just lastly, what we've been talking about. It's got to be motivated by love. And so if in my and your life, if I see things that, that, that are, are not motivated by the love of God, are not motivated by God's love towards somebody, but how it, it, it's benefiting me and not anybody else, then, then, then I don't know if God's down with that. And, and I really think that over the course, looking back at my journey as a believer, uh, there, there, there was a lot of teaching uh, that was so concentrated on us. On me, and, and it's true who you are in Christ and what, what you know, the purpose of God for your life, and that's 100% true. But we can't get away from the other side that now God wants me to know who I am, not just for me, but so I can be a blessing to a lost and a dying world. Amen. That's what the purpose of it is for you to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might but for you to be a willing vessel so that God could use you to bring light to somebody in a dark and a hopeless and, a, and, a, and just an awful spot. And I, that's what I love about our church because our church, just people all around here, people online, that's what you're doing constantly. When somebody's going through something, uh, and people just turn, just, just love God and, and love other people and, and lay down their lives. And whether it's time or money or food or picking up kids or doing whatever. I mean, there was a situation I heard about about four, five, six weeks ago that there was a, a mom in the church and going through a, a you know, challenging situation, couple kids. And so I, I got a phone call from somebody said, what can we do? I said, well, well what do you mean you can do? Make, make some phone calls. That's what I said. Call some of your friends. Call some of your friends. And sure enough, started calling some different friends and everybody got together and, and, and got several hundreds and hundreds of dollars to be a blessing to this family. Why? Because we love God. And we love other people. And, we, and God's blessed me. And so everything I want to do is be motivated by love. Not, not trying to get my name off on the platform. and Not, not, not trying to get, get a special parking spot. I just want to love God and love people. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Yeah, yeah. So loving God, first and foremost. But again, the church as a whole has had a challenge when it comes to loving God others as we love ourselves, as a whole. And I just want to encourage us as we look at this scripture to just let it marinate in us. And I'm going to talk to you about six quick points that this scripture talks about. And all week long, 
I want us to ask ourselves a question. If I'm going to love you, Lord, that's worship. I'm going to love my neighbor as myself. This is worship. Help me be a better worshiper. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Holy Spirit got poured out. Man, there's crazy stuff going on. Wow, the people were getting saved right, right and left all over. Here's what the writer, Luke, writes about what was going on in that early church. In Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Those who believe what Peter said, Peter's apostle, he's speaking the word, they were baptized, and, and they were water baptized, and they were added to the church that day, about 3,000 people. One day, 3,000 people got saved. Crazy, huh? Come on, keep reading there. Verse 42, and all the believers, check it out, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They, they, they kept hearing about the word, and, and, and to fellowship, that they hung out together, and they shared meals together, including the Lord's Supper, and they, they, they devoted themselves to prayer. Verse 43, and a deep sense of awe came on all of them. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything they had. And they sold their property and their possessions. Those that had extra house or extra car or had a couple of fridges, they sold their extra stuff and they shared the money with those in need. Verse 46, and they worshiped together. Come on, just like what we did. They worshiped together in the temple each day. They met in homes, like what we do. And for the Lord's Supper, they took communion, and they shared their meals. They did life together with great joy and generosity. And all the while, they were praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. Something happened. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I don't know about you, but I, I, I want this portion of Scripture to be our church. Uh, and it, it is. I just want it to keep growing. I just want to keep getting better. I, I mean, meaning uh, more and more that we just, we just do this. We, they were devoted to teaching the Word of God. They, they loved the Word, man. They were just like, I got to get me a word fix. <laughs> Tell me what the Word says. They, they were devoted to fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers. They, they just did they just hung out. It wasn't just Sunday thing. They didn't, worship wasn't hour and a half, 10 to 11.30, 11.20. Worship was what we do all the time. Worship was what we do at the house. Worship is what we do at work. Worship is what we do in the middle of Walmart. Worship is what we do when we see the homeless. Worship is what we do all the time. Loving God and loving other people. But from this foundation in this early church... There were these six things that we highlighted in yellow. Let me give you one more time. There was reverential fear, awe, and amazement. In other words, this is just people came in and went, my God, the presence of God, the, the, the holiness of God is here. They were in awe. They were in awe. There were miracles, signs, and wonders. Miracles, signs, and wonders were performed by the apostles. All of a sudden, people were laying hands. All of a sudden, Blake in the hospital wakes up healed. Somebody comes in dealing with some kind of debilitating disease, instantly healed. Jesus did say, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, didn't he? Jack read it. Freely receive, freely give. Freely. Grace. Grace. 
grace freely. I don't got to work it up. I don't got to, I got to pray, but I don't got to pray 16 hours a day for it. Freely I receive. Freely I'm going to give. I'm going to be a conduit. Be a conduit. There are miracles, signs, and wonders. Listen, let's contend to be a church of miracles, signs, and wonders. Kids get off drugs. Come on, everybody. Just broken. Come on. In the middle of their crazy lifestyle, all of a sudden, God just arrests them. I got one amen. Come on, somebody. Hey, there was, there, there, there was racial unity. There was racial unity. I love our church. Come on. We're multi-generational. We're multi-ethnic, multi-racial. Come on, look around the room. Look at all these different color skin faces. Come on, we old, we young. We black, we white, we're Hispanic. We're, we're Asian, we're Puerto Rican. Come on, we got everybody up in here today. Come on, everybody. Come on, everybody. Yeah. So, so, so the makeup and the interaction of the church was diverse. Diverse. And actually, when you read it, there was about 17 different people groups when the Holy Spirit got poured out. 17 different groups. And these were the people that started doing life together. So don't tell me when the Spirit of the Lord gets involved, He can't break down racial barriers. There was supernatural generosity. They shared everything in common. Supernatural generosity. Spirit of God working. Loving God, loving people. Generous. They, they, they were content with what they possessed. The scripture tells us they, they, they weren't trying to get more. They were actually trying to give more. That's a twist for America. The last thing that we found out was that the scripture actually says that they had favor in the community. All the, 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 the different translations says that they were viewed favorably in the communities in which they lived. Another translation I read broke it down a little bit easier. It said this, the people actually liked them. Can, what would you think? If in Chula Vista, people thought about Spectrum Church and said, you know, I know about everything, but I really like those guys. I just like them. They're, they're, they're involved. They're, they're, they're helping. They're blessing. They're, 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 they, they, they show up to work. They're actually good people to work with. They don't talk like those people over there and at work and and you know I was going through a tough time and they actually this person actually brought me a hundred dollar gift card to Vaughn's I didn't ask for it they showed up when I was hurting had favor in the community why because they loved God and they loved people and they said this is how we worship come on everybody yeah Come on, let's clap if we're going to clap. Yeah. Yeah. That's my prayer. Is that how we're going to keep making Spectrum Church great. That's it right there. That's it. That's it. Don't need a new building. Don't need a new parking lot. That might be kind of cool. Talk to Mario about that. We don't need to give away free food every Sunday, although that'd be pretty cool. If we'll just love God and let God change us from the inside out, and tomorrow, today when you go home, how can I love my spouse better? How can I connect and love my kids better? 
What can I do with those crazy people I'm getting ready? Lord, help me tomorrow morning. I know I got some crazies at work. I'm going to get on that Zoom call, and I, I, I wish I could choke the boss a little bit right now. But I'm going to use it all as worship to God. Come on, everybody. Amen. Come on, I use it as worship to God. Yeah. Let's see what God does. Come on, let's pray real quick. Bow your head. Lord God, we want to take our eating, our sleeping, our rising, our going down. We bring it as an offering of worship to you. Sacrificial act of worship. Father, what you're doing in here, do out there. Lord, your presence in our lives, we are the temple of God. We don't go to the temple. We don't go to church. We call it that way, Father, but we are the church. We carry you with us everywhere we go. Father, help us remember that. We, we, we don't need a word. We have the living word in us, Jesus. Remind us, Holy Spirit, of what, what Jesus said. Remind us that we could be vessels of honor, fit and ready, as Paul told Timothy, fit and ready for the master's use. Use us this week, O oh God. First and foremost, again, Father, I pray, use us at the house. Then use us at our workplace and use us in the world. Come on, all over the room with your head bowed, your eye closed. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe you're like me, maybe you were raised in church all your life, but you just never surrendered. Maybe you're like me, you were, came to church, somebody drug you here today, and you just, you know, here you are, you've endured it, but something happened while you're in the room. You just said, man, I just, I just need God. Or, I, I'm not where I need to be. I'm kind of playing a little bit, whatever your case may be. We've all been there. No judgment. God loves you. You're here right now. Why don't you just take it a next step and surrender your life completely to him? Here in the room online as well, there at your house or wherever you're watching. Today's a day just to say yes to Jesus. Saying yes to Jesus is just a demarcation in the sand. I'm saying I'm not, I'm not going back to be that person again.